This is To The Point. A rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Cristiano, the host of To The Point Home Services Podcast. Your favorite podcast, I think. I'm pretty sure. If you're listening, it's got to be one of your favorites. Otherwise, you wouldn't keep listening. If it's your first time listening, what's up? How you doing? Uh, I'm excited to have you on here. I have my guest in studio, in, stu- in studio. That is not really a word, but maybe we can make it one. Uh, hashtag Scudio. Uh, in studio, right in front of me. Um, and I've gotten to know him over the past few, gosh, months? Maybe this year? I don't even remember. But I have Ryan Kettering in here, who is the owner of Prolific Brand Design. What's up, my man? Welcome to The Point Podcast. Are you excited to be here? I am pumped. Thank you. Thank I'm, you for having me. I'm glad you're here. We got to speak together at, um, in Nashville. It's probably been like a month or two months ago over at Jimmy Hiller's shop for the uh, Elevate, a little Elevate Mastermind they had at Hiller, which, by the way, is an amazing uh if you could even call it a shop, it's not really a shop. It's like this massive compound. It's fantastic. If you've never been, you got to go check it out. But I got to watch you present there. And it's just neat to see how our paths have crossed um, because of the work that you're doing and our customers at Rhino and just watching it. Um, and I'm like, who is this guy? And I know you were at Tommy Mello's Vertical Track event. Was that earlier this year? Or that was the- last year. Here's another one coming yeah, up. Yeah, he's got another one coming up. Too. Well, yeah. I guess by the time you hear this, it will actually yeah. be almost like the next day i think or two days later so um are you going to that this year no yeah okay cool good um so this guy's like listen i mean you've been around for a minute but this is kind of up and coming because i've you know obviously i've uh you know in the brand game it's no question like dan antonelli and kick charge or like i mean they've been they're almost like the goat in this industry too and he's kind of been creating some of these amazing brands a lot of them are my customers and so when i saw some of your um, some of your brands pop up. I was like, oh, that's certainly like, that's kick charge stuff. Nope. It was prolific. I'm like, but who? And then I'm like, this is fantastic. Holy shit. This is really good. And so now that we've got to um, work on a few projects together, like I had to have you on here because it's just nice to have another option because Dan gets so damn busy. he gets so far out that there has to be another option because, you know, for me, who owns a digital marketing company, if I'm waiting on somebody's brand to be complete, I can't even start the build of their website to run their digital marketing campaign until the brand's done. And I can't be waiting six, seven, eight, nine months to get that stuff done. So I was it was a breath of fresh air to have uh, run into you. And then I talked to Ken Goodrich about you a little bit, and he was like, yeah, man, like this is legit. And so um, here we are. You know, we've, we had are. A, we've had a few runs together. You worked on Cozy Home for us. You worked on Dream Team with us too. Uh, Heather Hitchcock, Royal Roofing. I mean, I'm, she's super excited. I think you had your call with her yesterday. Yep. Just, um, I'm excited to have you here, man, and kind of bring a new perspective to it, giving our listeners something else, you know, another option, another alternative. If you are ever thinking about, hey, man, like brand matters that much that you should be taking your brand seriously. And if you don't have a good story behind it or, or you feel like you got a good brand to your last name, heating and air conditioning, your last name, plumbing, or whatever it is, you got to take this into consideration. So I'm going to get right into it, man. Um, I, uh, I, uh, I think that, um, I normally would like lead off to, you know, how you got into trades. You actually were in the service business, yeah. which I learned along the way and then kind of worked your way into brand. So just maybe tell the listeners kind of how you got into the branding world and like, and then the company as it, as it sits 
today because you're mm-hmm. based right here in, in Arizona, just like me. Yeah. Which yeah. is which is another great coincidence. I'm like, hell yeah. So I can have you come <laughs> in here and work with our design team. But go ahead and give the listeners like, you know, to just a brief, uh, you know, because you were in that service business and then how you segued into to branding and then like where Prolifics is today. Yeah. So I ran a carpet cleaning business for 10 years and I it was really my first go at business right out of high school. I finished high school in three years, 17, started my first business, got a Yellow Pages ad, you know, I was ready oh, yeah. to roll, gotten a few books, I was rocking and rolling. But, um, you know, I learned a lot about what not to do, what to do. Um, when but, was that, by the way? Man, that was in 05 to okay. 2015. Okay, cool. And then transitioned straight from uh, this company started in 2015. Um, and I always had a thing for graphics, but, you know, growing up, I didn't know how to make money out of art, you know, and I'm like... So I knew how to car- clean carpets, though. So <laughs> you did my, carpet cleaning for a decade. I, I started as my very first job at 13 years old. I had to get paychecks on the table till I was 14. You can't get <laughs> legally paid until you're 14. Um, I also worked at the YMCA at 13 years old. They held my paychecks for about six months. Um, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that. Should say <laughs> well, that? Then nobody knows where. It's I think it's past the seven year mark, so we're okay legally. I think, but. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I know how to do this thing. So I, I did it and, um, I just banged my head against the wall for several years as I tried to understand, all right, well, how do I drive sales? And no, it's not the sales books. Cause I don't have leads. And then after I got leads, I'm like, all right, well, this things are starting to pretty go, go well after a while, but it's like, everybody's in the same space, saying the same things, looking the same, acting the same, walking the same, everything. Yeah. How do I know who to choose as the right service provider? Uh, as a client, as a customer. And that's where I started to really f- see an opportunity in, in the branding space. So. Got it. And the carpet cleaning, there's a ton of, I'm going to use air quotes, <laughs> carpet cleaners. Like just like, cause it's not, it's not incredibly difficult to start. Yeah. You know, low barrier. Cleaners. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So you were just, so this is like, you're, you're in this trying to figure out, Hey man, how can I start to bring in more business? And it was like, you realize, Hey, you're pretty good at this graphics and branding and illustrations or whatever. I'm not sure if you're yeah. doing illustration, but like you're kind of, that's kind of your wheelhouse. So you're like kind of trial and error. You're figuring your own shit out to yeah. find yeah. like, Hey, maybe this is actually where my passion is. Yeah. And for a couple of years, I was basically just helping other, cause I started, you know, this is where, you know, back in the forum days and there was no Facebook yet, but just, you know, networking with other business owners and it'd be like just helping people out with different things. And eventually you kind of realize you have something that's worth pursuing. And so I worked for some time to get to the point where I could transition into this. And as soon as I did that, I left Illinois. I left that, that alone, you know, moved into this and a new place, new business and all of that. And so when was that? When did you leave? So you were in Chicago ish area? What? Okay. So then you got the hell out of there. You didn't even got to tell us why (laughs) I understand why. Hey, listen, ain't nobody want to be there right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. shout out to my TR Miller guys in Chicago. I'll see you guys in a few (laughs) weeks. Um, I didn't mean you by the way. I know it's, it's great at TR Miller. Um, but you left there and came out here to Phoenix. Yeah. And so when was that? So I've actually only been here for almost three years. Okay. So, but, uh, so it was a little bit of a transition. I would have liked to move sooner, but, um, we were, you know, getting family stuff in order and sure. all of that. But yeah, I just, uh, it was kind of a signal though for like a transition for me because, you know, just to step into this kind of new chapter for me, for me with my wife and, um, you know, really taking this business to a new level and just getting like a, a new scenery around me, you know what I mean? Yeah. And out of the snow. So yeah. Shout out to, <laughs> Kathy. Shout out to Kathy. Yeah, um, thank you. so the, uh, 
this is actually kind of cool because if you think about it, when you're talking about doing either a rebrand or a refresh of your brand, you're also trying to create this like new thing to get excited about too and to build a story around. Well, that's kind of what you did coming here, right? You came from Chicago to the Valley of the Sun and it's a new beginning for you, right? Mm -hmm. like it's kind of a whole new thing. So it's, um, it's cool to kind of have, I think, have that. Like I like perfect thing is like, I wake, I like waking up in the morning because it's a brand new day to do a lot of cool shit. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just always have loved like getting up early knowing like, man, I got like this whole runway in front of me of a day to do some great things. What am I going to do with it today? I don't want to waste it. Yeah. Um, it's just a visual thing, man, you know? Um, but you came here and so now you've been in Phoenix, you've been out here for three years. Um, life is certainly better for you in Phoenix, Arizona. Now what? So like, where is prolific today? Like, I mean, how many of these brands have you done? I've seen so many of them. If you go to the website, which is prolific, branddesign.com is that what it is yep prolificbranddesign.com you can check it out prolific if you don't know how to spell it p-r-o-l-i-f-i-c <laughs> um but you can go there and check it out but how many of these things have you done like what's the company look like today because as you know like with you know dan and and kick charge finding good people to do create these brands and the truck wraps and things like that is not easy mm -hmm. i mean that's how i mean i tried to hire that position and just to bring in rhino and for like a solid nine months and with zero luck. Mm -hmm. So it's not easy to find that. Um, but like where does the business sit today? How many of these brands have you done? Like give the, uh, give the listeners just a little bit of info on like where things are today. Yeah. So, yeah. And we, you know, I think the reason why we've kind of just come into contact with each other recently is we've served different spaces in this kind of home service world. Yeah. So we've done a lot of exterior cleaning and then we do a lot of like the uh, garage floor concrete and, and then uh, over the past, you know, three to five years, we've done more and more electrical, HVAC, plumbing, um, things like this. But yeah, we've done probably, I'd say over 2000 by this point. Um, we've Damn. been doing this for quite a long time, um, you know, seven years now. Um, a lot of it was in smaller spaces at, at the beginning, like the, like I said, I started in kind of like the cleaning world right. um, and then moving into more of the professional trades from there. And, you know, in this, this space, we've probably done it. I'd probably say at least two, maybe 200 now. Wow. Um, but um, so, yeah. And uh, uh, we, you know, in 2015, it was just me. Um, now we have a total of eight full-time employees, um, three brand designers and some other people that help make sure things go the way they should. Um, and, uh, <laughs> that was nice. Okay. Project man. Yeah. You know, I could go through the whole list. Right. But no, right. it's not as, uh, I get anyways. but, uh, uh, yeah, so things are going well and, um, we're working with really cool companies. Um, what's really nice is today at, uh, being able to offer a higher level, service we're really helping to do more than just visuals in the beginning it, it really felt like we we're doing graphic design visual work and there's nothing wrong with that in of itself but i find that you know it's kind of like if you're a if you're a hvac uh you know company the tech you know the tech the technical work is is part of it but understanding how to move the needle for someone at a higher level is really what kind of I like more. And so now that we're able to work with higher level companies, um, really helping them to understand how to identify with their market more and to do things that are truly meaningful and lasting in their, in their business with the visuals, but also within the organization, really at every piece of it. So. Yeah, man. One thing that I really liked about, about um, yours was kind of your process. 
and how deep it kind of goes and that it can go. Like mm-hmm. some people don't want to go that deep in that initial conversation. Like it's not for everybody. Like listen, a lot of our listeners aren't like maybe not touchy feely, like don't want to get into their feelings too much, but it's actually an incredibly important part of creating your brand story. It's like finding something that's real raw and that you're passionate about that is like got some real meaning and purpose to it. Yeah. Um, so I liked that I got to sit, you know, thankfully sit on your first, your first call with one of our first customers just to kind of experience the whole thing. And the stuff you pulled out of that guy, <laughs> holy crap, man. I was like, and then I, and then I heard that Heather was like teary-eyed from your conversation. Like, so you're kind of pull, pulling out some raw things out of people, but that's great because then you start to break down the barriers, peel the onion, do whatever you want, like to, to get to like people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it type of approach. Yeah. So I'm a fan. I'm a fan. That's why you're here, right? I'm a fan. That's why we're doing, you know, like why we I've introduced you to some other people that need your that, that need your help and that we're doing that you're doing a great job on. Do you have a favorite one you've done so far? Um, I answer this question every time the same way. <laughs> the la- the favorite brand I have is the last brand that we did <laughs> because we leave it all on the court. We leave it all on the table. So, and I, I truly try my absolute hardest, and I I said it to our team too. Like this has to be our best work that we've ever done. And we don't measure by what could win an award or what was better than the, than another company out there. It's, is this the absolute best that we could give this company? And that's really what we try to deliver each time. And that makes each one like really kind of special for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so visually, like I might like certain colors more than another, or I might, you know, but when you, it's almost like, do I like a particular person better than another? People are different. Brands are different. And so we really just try to help each person like kind of br- bring them out you know, yep. as yep. much as we can. So per- perfect. Yeah. So, and I, and I think it's important that uh, another thing that I think that was super, um, that was really great business decision for you, um, was you hyper focus on those brands and the truck wraps and not trying to do all the other things that might bog you down because like you're trying to pour everything you got and just hyper focus on these one things. I'm going to do the rebrands. We'll do the truck wraps. We'll do design those type of things. But for now, that's the focus. Like mm-hmm. you're hyper focused on doing Riches just that. Riches and niches. <laughs> uh, listen, Rhino is a niche digital <laughs> marketing company, and it does pretty darn good. So, um, yeah, but I, I, I think that that's really important because then you're only focused on this one thing every single day. Everybody's focused on the same thing, so you don't have to learn all the different things. It's not taking away your bandwidth or focus on something else, so you don't like you know stretch yourself too thin. You're mm-hmm. hyper-focused. And so I think that's important. Now, I want our listeners to pay attention closely because branding and marketing are different, okay? But I, uh, I'm i not asking you about marketing today. I'm mm-hmm. asking you about branding and why this is important. Now, I'm going to say this. I believe 100% during COVID from my own experience with my own HVAC, plumbing, electrical, and garage door companies that we work with, roofing companies that we work with, that branding, if your branding was not great, if you had uh, minimal brand equity in the market, you might have felt that pain a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. So I think it really exposed, hey, man, if your brand's not on point, it's now time to start rethinking that, especially with an impending, we'll call it a recession coming up. I don't think it's going to be all that bad as, it, as we might think it is, but it's certainly something to be thoughtful of. Mm-hmm. And if a brand's not on point, you could be losing that game. That is crystal clear. We've heard people say it over and over again. So let our listeners know, like, what is the main goal of branding? Yeah. There's one goal. It's 
basically we need to become the preferred vendor in the market. That's 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 the the main goal above all is that like you said it, when when if you have a hundred jobs in the market, which I know it's a, not a real number, but um, it's and a very all real number it, for Rhino customers. Well, well I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean a hundred jobs in the whole market. I gotcha, yeah. Um, and all of a sudden that goes down in a recession or you know depress whatever not depression. SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Anyway, take that down to 20. Who yeah. gets the jobs? Well, in the beginning, 80% of those jobs were going somewhere. So who gets the remaining jobs? The person who was getting them all in the beginning, right? And so no, there are no scraps left, right? So the preferred vendor is the only person getting work, like you're saying. And that's what we saw as well. And that's actually the time where we started to get rid of a lot of our like marketing type services and focus really hard on branding was because we saw that great brands were still here and they were still needing work done. Yeah. Um, they were looking at how can we, how can we connect better with people? How can we solidify this more? And they were using that time to, to, to gain market share. Um, and other people were just falling away because they didn't have money to spend on marketing. They didn't plan ahead on their branding and it was too, it was just too late for them. So we saw a lot of people close up, um, but yeah, the ultimate thing is, is how can I become preferred in the market? Because if I can become the preferred vendor in the market, then between option A and B, I'm going to take a little bit uh, more pain on option A if I need to, if, if that's my preferred uh, option. Um, but also all things similar, if there is no pain, I'm always going to choose that one, right? And uh, being preferred isn't a coverall, right? Um, uh, we got our little one into a, a daycare recently and there was one that was further away. It costs more and it was way booked out, um, like maybe two months. And we were prepared to handle some of that, but we couldn't deal with the time frame. So we ended up going with another one it was lower cost. Um, it was clo way closer to our home. Um, but the big thing was that they could get us in in like two weeks and we couldn't wait two months. And so we were willing to take pain be based off of the perceived brand value, the equity that we, they, we had just through the small amount of interactions, but there was a limit to it, right? And so we ended up going somewhere else, right? So there is limits to the preference that we can gain in the market, right? Some people, when they go to the, uh, a restaurant, if you like Pepsi, you'll never buy Coke or vice versa. And there are people literally will never do that. There's people actually, you can search this online. They won't go to restaurants that have the other thing, right? Like they'll only go to Coca-Cola <laughs> restaurants. It's crazy. Those are like, you know, the crazy fanatics. But it, it, it exists in that way. Um, but the reality is that although that's not necessarily how we think about our service business, like people aren't diehard, they're not going to get the tattoo of my uh, service business on their arm or something like that. Um, maybe they might. But, yeah, right. but we don't think of it in that way. But you can still build brand preference, right? And that's done through showing what's unique about us and then identifying with the market, connecting. It's like a relationship, yep. essentially, on a, on a wider, on a more wider scale than a one-to-one. -one, so. And you consistently have to put it out there over and over and over and over and over again. Like it's not just, Hey, you create this brand and like throw it on the site. And I mean, there's, 
you have to continue to put it out there to market it at mm-hmm. that point in time. But the brand needs to create some sort of an emotion one way or another. I like that you said pref- like the preference piece of it. I think that is like what we're trying to do is to make it unique. Um, the brand story matters because people can connect to stories very easily. So if you're telling the story about the brand, it's easier to connect to it because it cr- can create some sort of an emotion. And I'll use Goodrich just because not that you did his, but obviously Dan did his. But I love that he used the whole story from being a kid holding the flashlight for his dad. You can like picture it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, oh, cool. He's just a kid, you know, holding on to this like company that sold for half a billion dollars. Um, but you're creating some sort of emotion with this brand. But you also, as the owner, like you need to be proud of that brand too. Mm-hmm. But so do your employees. So I can, yeah. we'll talk about that in a little bit on kind of how brand can help with recruiting and things like that. Cause it certainly can be, it can be helpful. But um, I want to go to this branding piece and, on during the last few years, um, I was really able to see how branding impacted our internet marketing campaigns mm-hmm. to the positive. Like if you had good brand equity, your conversion rates were significantly higher. Cost really was going low. It was like a great time to run a strong digital marketing campaign. If you had a solid brand, almost all of them performed exceptionally well from a marketing standpoint, operationally, Different story, right? Because if recruiting got a little bit tougher, which it's always kind of been tougher, but um, it was cool to see it unfold. So from your perspective, how does brand impact the return on investment? Yeah, so, I I mean, I think you make a, if you think, break down a little bit about what you're talking about there, you know, people are running ads and some people are doing better than others. The other person could raise their budget and get just as many jobs, but there's just not as efficient. And also we're not even talking about the quality of the lead and the interactions there. And, um, you know, that brand equity plays into the, the experience further than just the, the actual purchase um, decision. But so you do need that awareness, right? I always say like great brands will still die in the dark, right? If no one knows about you, it doesn't matter how great your brand is. Um, and similarly, some people might think, you know, well, I've seen poor brands do really well. And this is what we're talking about is that you can offset your brand. Yep by paying a lot more money, sure. right? For marketing and awareness. And so when you see these um, certain companies that people are like, I know this huge company, they're doing amazing, but their brand's horrible. How does that work? Well, if you get, if you, if I go to a coffee store every single day and me and you are there, but we don't know each other. And every day you come in there and uh, you work on your laptop, I work on mine. And one day, months later of us seeing each other every single day, you decide I'm gonna leave my laptop here and say, Hey, do you mind watching this while I run to the bathroom? I say, sure. And you run off. Now you may not realize that I'm the biggest thief in town, but you trust me because you've seen me every single day, right? Yeah, that's so, good. so awareness and, and frequency can offset uh, brand trust, real things. And you can just assume you can trust somebody because you're aware of them and you've seen them all over. They must be good because I see them everywhere, right? But what if you were to then take that awareness and that repetition and that frequency and then add in a message that actually I would connect, I connect with and I would prefer and that says something about who I am and says something about you. And it allows me to say, you know what? I would rather do business with them and I see them everywhere, right? So if you can combine those things, it makes a whole lot of sense why people are you know, doing better with their marketing campaigns because they're, they're getting the awareness and they're getting the connection with the client. Yeah, absolutely. And so this kind of falls along the lines of like at, at Rhino X earlier this year, um, we have, we brought in Mike Tyson. I think I think you knew that. Yeah. Um, and originally, I brought Mike Tyson in for entertainment 
purposes <laughs> and the fact that as a kid, like I love Mike Tyson, um, baddest man on the planet, and also been on the podcast uh, from our Q&A. But he made one really phenomenal comment that kind of stuck with me the whole way, and it was that consistency kicks determination's ass. Consistency kicks determination's ass. So I like to think like being consistent over and over and over and over and over and over again for the long period of it is what helps. Like we just had on a few weeks ago when you're listening to this podcast, we had on the Wizard of Ads, and he talks about the same thing, repetition and consistency, rolling those ads out there. And this guy's arguably the best of the best in this space. He's the one that created that brand story for um, Gettle for Morris Jenkins, like on the East coast. Like, so, um, create the brand. You said like, if it's in the dark, I always used to say, Hey, it's great brand. If you put a billboard in the middle of the ocean, it looks great out there. It looks phenomenal. If nobody's going by, who gives a shit? Like, ain't going to see it anyway. So, um, but I do know for a fact that when you look at across all Rhino customers, digital marketing campaigns, if you look at conversion rates being super high and cost per lead low, almost always the brand was phenomenal, mm-hmm. like 90%. So not even a small number, a big number. So I'm telling you listeners, brand impacts your business. And if you got to rip the, you got to rip the bandaid off at some point in time and just get it done. If you care about your business long-term and your employees. Okay. Hear me say that. But you don't also, if, if you're in a spot where you're like, yeah, but maybe I can get the brand, but I don't have that budget. Like Ryan's talking about to spin. listen, that's still not an excuse because social media is still free in a lot of ways. Like create organic content, put posts out there, stories, shorts. Um, t- I don't TikTok. I don't TikTok. Okay. I-, I can't, I can't get wrapped up in that stuff, but it's like a thing. So there's things that you can do that cost you nothing that you can still put your brand out there over and over and over again too. You have your existing customers that you're going to see that you can continue to tell that story, get your team behind it, all these things. But yeah. telling you, Brand matters that much, and it's not going to go the opposite way. It's only going to get more important. Yeah. So um, this leads me to kind of my next point. Um, How does somebody know? Like if they've got like their current, you know, branding or what they consider branding, if to me, if it's just like a a logo or whatever it is they got, you know, they they got just to get the business rolling, Mm -hmm. you know, um, when do they know it's time to do a rebrand or like a re like with Heather's, you know, from Royal Roofing, we're not, I don't think we're like really create. I mean, I guess I don't know cause you're doing it, but point was take what was existing, the little, like, I don't remember how much you spent on it, but it was super inexpensive, like little logo creation thing sure, too, yeah. but we're turning into like a legit brand, yeah, yep. you know, but when does somebody know, like maybe it's time to reconsider and redo this? Yeah. I mean, the short answer is, you know, when you're thinking about it, like, like when you're gut, aware of it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I mean, when I met my wife, I knew, I told her, you know, it is, you know, that's like when you know, you know, right. Um, the longer answer is, um, you know, to, to go back to what you're saying about, you know, uh, the repetition and consistency over, um, you know, determination, you know, uh, it reminded me of like Gary V like was like one of his big things was like, just like you, you're doing the stuff, just record the process and like get that out there. If you break that, you know, come bring that back a little bit. What he's kind of saying is, look, you have a brand. You're not showing anybody though. You, you're, you're real. You have stuff going on that's interesting, but you're not showing anybody. So everyone has a brand already. Even if you don't, you literally don't even have a logo. You still have a brand. Yeah. Um, but is it, uh, is it really being represented the way that you want? Right. So a lot of times we're doing all the cool stuff with customers, but we're not, showing anybody. I, I talked to a guy the other day. He's doing two things I've never heard of a company doing before. 
And I'm finding out he's not telling people about them until he's in the home on a physical in-person estimate. And I'm like, how does that make sense? Because you realize how many more estimates you would get if you were to drip this out sooner, right? But you're waiting till basically they're already sold, otherwise you wouldn't be in their home, mm. to tell them why they should buy from you. So if we were able to drip these things out sooner and tell a, a more sort of inclusive story, it's kind of like when you watch a movie, if you had to wait until the end to figure out what was going on, you'd have checked out, right? Yeah. This is what we're making people do. Um, so I forgot the question. <laughs> <laughs> How do they know when it's the right time to rebrand? So it seems like the, I, I don't actually know where that was going, but so let's I think get back the, to the it. point was um, when you when you think about who you are, do you feel like you're being properly represented in the market? Do you feel like when you look at your visuals, when um, when you think about uh, what's happening in the market. Do people know about that sooner? Does the, you know, you, you, some, you'll see a company that's, you know, they'll come to us and they're five, $10 million and you look at it and they look like they might have just started yesterday. Like, and it's a $200,000 deal, right? Or maybe even less. Um, so why is that? Well, we just haven't taken the time to, uh, to do anything with it yet. We haven't put our attention and we're walking out, you know, I'm going to a formal dressed event looking like, you know, in jeans and a shirt with stains on it and wondering why I'm not getting the response or why people aren't, you know, looking at me in the way that I want them to. We need to get you sort of dressed for success in your business. And that comes with the visuals that signal a lot, you know, other things, right? We, they say you don't, you know, you read the book uh, or buy a book for the cover, right? And that's, that's very true. What do you do? Then you flip it over to the back. You read the back, maybe the in, info. And, you know, so you take these couple steps. We're expecting that people are just going to take this crappy book off the shelf and, and, and buy it and, and, and you go use it. And that's not going to happen. We need to set ourselves up for success in that way where every step is signaling to the next. And the easiest way that you can get that consistency like you're talking about is with simplicity. Um, what we try to help our customers do is create what's called a fractal brand. Hang on one second. Mm -hmm. Hang on one second. All right. I want to go there because, <laughs> the, because the question was, how do I know when to rebrand and refresh? or do a refresher. So I think what I hear you saying is at the end of the day, you have a brand, whether you like it or not, and your brand is going to, um, might be how you interact with your customers. It could be with how you interact with your employees, what you're putting out there, your quality of work, like whatever it is, whether you're marketing it or not, you've got a brand. But I think what, if I heard you correctly, is you kind of get that feeling, like the gut feeling when you know, like, you know what, you might've seen some other, brands or trucks or something because at the at the ground surface everybody's doing the exact same thing so mm -hmm. like if you're doing the exact same thing what else are you doing to set yourself apart well brand is a is a good one you know to at least a good starting point so if you know and you feel like damn i've seen some of these other things and mine's kind of like mm. if you kind of got that gut feeling maybe go ask somebody like in your own employees hey, and you're, hey what do you think about like our brand you know and if they're a and not a yes man or a yes woman, like hopefully they'll give you some good, honest feedback. But if it's in your gut and like you can, you think like maybe it's something, it's something yeah. you should, it's at least something worth chasing down. And and maybe you talk to, you know, a Dan or a Ryan or whomever and, and you don't do anything, but at least you're taking the step to know like, okay, I think I'm going to give, trust your gut. Yeah. Trust a, your and gut. a professional company should have a professional brand. Yeah. Right? Uh, successful brands invest in their brands. And also every, you know, five, 10, 15 years, even if you have a great brand, you should be at least revisiting these, these main things, you know, I mean, look at Pepsi, you know, did a 90 
I think 90 billion, I don't know, 90 million or whatever it is. Like they spent a crap ton of money to do a small little update on their logo. It wasn't a small little update of the logo. They're reevaluating their entire brand and some adjustments were made to the logo, right? So we need to reevaluate our position in the market every five to 10 years because things are moving fast. So you see companies actually updating their branding even faster some, now. Yeah. And some of them are even going back to like simplifying it. Yeah. Like think about this. Look at my hat. What's my hat have on it? A rhino. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that my logo? Yeah. <laughs> part of it. It's actually the internal part right, of the, the rhino I, logo. The right. portion of it. So yeah. it's just, all I did was take it and simplify it. No, I'm not rebranding. So nobody like it's rhino is rhino, but, um, Point being is like, I just like to have versions of my brand to then share with my employees to be excited about the company and the brand, the business. I can feel good about it. Yeah, I want I want to feel good about my brand. I want my customers to feel good about the brand and how they feel good about the brand is how we treat them, what the service is, like all these things. So I build it and then I put it out there and I do it consistently. Um, and and this is something that I've seen so much. I'm going to kind of roll into my next question because it's around this. And I actually heard this. This question came up to me um, during my presentation at the Clover Mastermind um, a couple weeks ago. And it was, hey, do you think that the like the illustration, like the mascot type branding, is played out? You know, and and I actually have heard this a couple different times because. We in the social media world and who are also involved in this type of stuff see it more frequently than the consumer, the homeowner. So my answer was, this, from my perspective, so I'm going to ask you next, but from my perspective is no, has a ton of runway to it mm -hmm. still. But we just see it more because it's almost like when you start to look at new cars – and you find the one that you like, all of a sudden you've seen it like 50 times. Like mm -hmm. you, you start to notice that car more. I forget what that's called, but you know what I'm talking about? Yep. So we see these a lot. Like even if, even the listeners, you know, if you're in any, any of these social media groups like Service Avengers or Service Einsteins or, you know, HVACs or whatever the hell it is, you see these because they're posted frequently. Mm -hmm. But the homeowner, different deal. Yep. They're not looking for these things. So is it played out? Absolutely not. Not even close from my perspective. But mm -hmm. what's your opinion? Yeah, I don't think. I mean, obviously you create these. Your answer should be no. Yeah. But I'm like saying like legit, seriously, because do you get sick of this, of this type of stuff or do you enjoy it? Like what, tell me a little bit about your opinion on it. Yeah. So they're definitely not, I, I would say not only are they not played out, they will never be played out. But keep in mind also that neither will icon style logos or uh, wordmark logos. So these are, it's like saying, will a particular type of food ever like go, like be played out? Will hot dogs and pizza ever be played out because people eat them? Every, Pepsi, go right. to your point, yeah. Um, so, but the, the real question, and, and, and I think there's value, I like that people are asking that question, but in, and here's why, is because for I think for a time, um, people saw this type of thing and said, oh, I need that. And that's not necessarily true. It's, it could be the right thing for you, but it might not be the right thing for you. It's all about what's best for your brand. And so by just going out and saying, well, what's going to sell the most? Well, in general, that there's no right answer. But for you, there is a right answer. So I like that people are questioning, you know, what's really right for me? Because it may be the uh, uh, illustration logo or maybe not. They're not going out of style. And if it's right for you, that's what you should have. If it's not the best fit for your company to represent who you are and who you are trying to work within the market, 
then you shouldn't go with that. Neither one of us have mascot, you know, yeah. fully illustrated type logos. Um, it isn't the best fit for us. But right? you, but you find that this is where I think I'm glad you said that because you actually, if you're sitting here saying like, Oh, I don't know. Like, I don't even know how to get there, mm-hmm. but guess what? You're not alone. Like <laughs> it's pretty common to feel that way. Cause you're like, Oh, I have no idea. This is why when I sat through your process, like that whole initial call process, you figure it out. You start to find those things that are like, that they don't know to think about like mm-hmm. me too, by listening to it. So that's how you get there to figure that out. By the way, listeners is mm-hmm. you kind of got to go through that process, you know, get asked all the right questions for you to start to understand what does this need to be? Does it need to be illustration? Do I like that? If you don't like it, there's other options. Like you mentioned a few other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't have to always be a cartoony mascot type stuff too. There's plenty of brands out there that aren't those things that are incredibly successful. But if you go through the process, you'll be able to figure out which one best fits mm-hmm. based on the questions that are asked. Mm-hmm. Fair? Yeah. So, and then from that, you know, I've seen a lot of these, the branding help with recruiting, which as most of our listeners know, like is a bitch to be able to get people on, you know, on board. And especially like it's not getting easier and it's pretty much been this way in, in the 15 years I've been in the trades, you know, of working with the, with working in the trades, but how is branding helping with like, building the right team, recruiting, like that type of stuff. Yeah. So basically with communication in general, you take any good book, any good movie, it starts from one idea and it breaks down from there. Right. And so like we were talking about simplicity and how, well, how can I, uh, or consistency, how can I be consistent? The easiest way is simplicity. And the easiest way to be simple is to start from one thing and then branch out from there so that everything is basically inherently cohesive. That's what I call a fractal brand. So basically, the main thing of your brand is your core belief, a singular belief, not 10, but one. And your everything stems from that. Your, and then your next is your personality and then how your, uh, your kind of your social identity, which is your key aptitudes and what you're, you know, is resonating so forth. Hey, can I stop you real yeah. quick without you, without you forgetting what you're going to say? Yeah. Um, so remember that. I might write it down if you have to, but I was going <laughs> to say, um, the way I just viewed what you said was kind of like when we created our core values for this business, because you can pull from that mm-hmm. um, because that is the purpose behind the business. So number one for me was genuinely care. Mm-hmm. Everything else, our positivity, our integrity, our transparency, our communication, all those things came from that number one genuinely care. So when you said it's that one thing yeah. to me, that's what it was. If I genuinely care about my customers and their success, I should genuinely care about my employees and their education and their success. And it all kind of can stem from there. So that was my one thing I could pull from. Now you have to like peel that onion, Yeah, but that's how I took what you just said. So I didn't mean to cut you off. Hopefully you remember where you were going. Totally good. And just one more little thing on that uh, kind of a quick tip is your core values essentially just explain how to be a person who cares. So a lot of people, they pick random stuff. These core values don't mean anything um, because they're just picking them. they're just simply an explanation of how to be a person that is like this. So if I'm a person who cares, truly cares about people, then this is how we act at this company at, to represent this brand. How does that? Your core values. Yep. That's how you act that out. Yep. So it's a, it's a very simple process. But basically, when you apply that to everything that you do, what can happen is you start to make new decisions, new, you have new ideas, you start to treat people differently because everything's stemming from this core. And so when somebody comes in to, to, to they, I'm going to interview as a, uh, as an employee, a, t- a team member, and instead of saying, well, here's what we do here. And what do you, you know, how did you deal with this situation? And what, you know, 
basically I can ask some of those same things, but I want to change the conversation just the same way with a customer that they'll only talk about price. If that's, if we don't give them, we have to give them something else to talk about with team members. We want to give them something else to talk about. Why don't we talk about who we are and make sure they're a good fit for that. Right? So most people aren't talking about this because they haven't, uh, they don't know how they haven't articulated yet. But once you get that down, you can say, Hey, listen, this is what we believe. And this is what we do here because this is how we are because of that. And as you walk down that path, you can see how someone's, I can see when somebody's checking out or like when they're um, actually against a way or when they correct you on a way, like you can't correct who I am, right? We're not a good fit if we need to try to, you know what I mean? So what happens is you can start to bring in people that actually fit with your organization because they're fired up about who you guys are and what you do, not just the what you do. Um, on top of that, you know, I was I was uh, I had a call with NER the other day um, that that you had connected me with, and um, one of the coolest things I I saw was that he made this huge push online. They have this kind of like ride along series, and they show the technicians, and it was cool. They saw one guy who was like. Yeah, I'm gonna try to. Uh, I'm gonna. I, it's all. He's the fastest dude in the company. I'm gonna try to get him, beat him today. And he's on his walkie, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get you today." He's like, "It's just because we're on camera, dude." And he's there, there <laughs> laughing and stuff. But you, they have like, I don't know how many. It looked, it seemed like maybe over a hundred of these things. And I immediately when I saw, it, I said, "This dude has no problem getting te technicians in because, like, like that whole Gary Vee thing. They have the brand. They have a good culture. They have good stuff going on. But what if nobody saw it, right?" What if they didn't tell anybody? And so they're actually building things that allow people to, the technicians to see who they are and how they are and how they treat people and what their values are. And that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, and, well, you mentioned in the hour, like they have phenomenal branding and phenomenal culture for as massive as a company they are. I've been up there to Salt Lake City. I have a great relationship with Mike and Wyatt, Jeremy and that whole team up there. Um, and they do, man. Like everybody's bought in because they are who they say they are mm -hmm. and they do what they say they're going to do. And um, so it's cool to kind of have like seen that actually play out. I mean, because mm -hmm. down here in Phoenix, they just started, you know, NER just started down here in Phoenix. So the branding isn't the same, but everything about that, the, the folks that are here is the same as the same company out of Utah. Same thing, same, mm -hmm. same just different location. So um, I want to segue into something real quick too, just um, out of the branding piece of it too, because I do think at the same time, just like, you know, um, consumers see your brand or listen, I, I I'm going to give a shout out to my boy, Tommy Mello every morning when I, or every morning when I drive into work and I'm on 93.3, I got to turn it down. Cause if I hear him talk <laughs> one more time, like I can't listen, he'll, I almost Tommy, I love you, man. I, you're doing a great job on consistency <laughs> 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 because I hear it all the time. A one from day one. Um, so props to you, bro. But the, the whole thing I, I like about the branding piece is typically when you get it done, we take it and put it into the website. Number one, like we have to wait on it to build the site. And that's kind of like phase one is what we're, what we see a lot of like, Hey, you get to rebrand, you build a new website. So, um, but then the next thing is typically the next like engagement, um, or integration is in the truck wraps. Yeah. So, the wraps I've seen a lot of like really great and I pay more attention to them now more than ever. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've seen a lot of really great and creative wraps and some of those are super simple. Mm -hmm. So anytime somebody posts like 
raps in these different social media groups is like, which one do you like? I'm always like, oh boy, <laughs> here we go. Or, hey, here's my new rap. What do you think? I'm always like, oh boy. Like, I'm pretty sure that that's kind of what you're not supposed to yeah. do. <laughs> but my, my response is, what do you think <laughs> about your rap? <laughs> well, I see so many of them in those groups and, and everybody's got their own opinion, right? Um, but ultimately it's like, there's gotta be these fundamentals that you know, that I know Dan knows too, that like that say, Hey, regardless what anybody likes this, these are the facts. These are the things that we know that you have to have. Is there like some fundamentals for truck rap that make them the most effective? Like, is yeah. there anything yeah. that you're like, Hey, don't put a bunch of shit all over the thing. Cause nobody's going to take the time to read it. Like what are these fundamentals to making a successful truck rap? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the first one is having one, right? Having one on all your vehicles um, because you get 50,000 impressions per day. It's literally the lowest cost per impression thing you can do. And you already own the big investment, which is the truck, right? So it's just unleveraging yourself if you don't do it. How much, how much do those things like typically cost? I know you don't actually usually, do wrap yourself, but yeah, yeah. Uh, usually around five to $6,000 on like a transit type, you know, the mm -hmm. normal vans that people have currently today. Gotcha. Okay. Um, you know, low, it's square footage. So lower or higher, depending on vehicle. Sure. Um, but yeah, so, you know, but you're, it's a one-time, you know, one-time-ish thing. You gotta rewrap it every five years. So it's, it's literally like your fractions of a penny per impression. It's re ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and people see it and they think that well, all of a sudden you have three trucks that people think when it's done right, you have 30 on the road. Wow. I see you guys everywhere. See, you know? all, all Even with yeah. one truck we've heard of, Oh, I see you everywhere. One truck, you know? Yeah. Um, that's a really good point. But, this, this literally just happened to me. I had a, a, a contractor come into this office who lives up where I do. And I've been noticing their trucks more and more, their wraps more and more. And I said, you guys must be blowing up. And they said, we only got one more truck. I was like, what? <laughs> I see you everywhere. And it's just because there's enough of them, but all driving around the same yep. neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. And we won't go into this further, but that's a great point that if you can geo niche yourself, oh, yeah. then if, if you're, if you can really be felt, like you might not be able to, let's just take like a nationwide company. Can, can a guy with five trucks beat a nationwide company? No. Mm -hmm. Can you beat them in this neighborhood? Absolutely. Yeah. How about then add on another one and another one, right? So anyways, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the first thing is having it. Um, the second thing is I want to point out that if I was serving dentists, we would do the logo. Uh, we would have someone like you do the website. Um, I might do the sign on top out front of the door and then probably the interior of their store, right? Because these are the main visual interaction points. So your truck is the main your logo, your website, and your truck, that's the main visual interaction points you're gonna have, right? So you got these are the things you wanna have right. So how do you get them right? Well, with the with the vehicle, uh, the three things I'm trying to accomplish is wow, who, what, three Ws. Uh, wow, I need your attention. Who are you? So that's the brand first, and it's in that, that order, right? I need your attention to talk to you. The second thing is, all right, well, who are you? Brand first, and then the category second. All right, what can you do for me as the client? that needs to be presented in a way that's consistent with who you are. Um, and that's, that's in its core, what we try to accomplish. If there's a fourth thing, uh, it would be, how do I get in contact with you? Which is, you know, we contact info on there, right? Um, it's typically, I always have that on a vehicle, but it's not as, as important as the other things, because if you, I don't have your attention, it doesn't matter who you are. And if I don't know who you are, it doesn't matter what you do. A lot of people get that one wrong, right? Because if you advertise a category, you're actually advertising for all your competitors. If you're advertising category first, and I don't pick up on that who, because if you just say, H, you know, heating and cooling, come hire some us, whoever we are at this phone number, 
all I'm thinking when I see that impression is, do I need that? Yes or no? And then what am I going to do now? Oh, I'm going to go with the brand I know, right? So it has to be brand first and then category second. And that's why if you look around at, you know, major companies, they're always trying as quickly as they can. You do want that uh, descriptive uh, form, but big, huge companies try to get so big and so known that they can eliminate that other thing. Um, meaning I don't need to tell you who app, what Apple does anymore. Right. Um, but so you want to have that on there, but that's the goal is to, to really, you'll see that it's, it's all about figuring out how can we get the, our brand known for this thing, not the thing known. Right. So actually I've never heard it put like that. That's pretty cool. So that the wow, who, what, and if you have a fourth, it's the how. Yeah. Super cool. Super simple. That actually might actually answer my next question. I was going to ask you, um, by the way, that make for a great name topic on the podcast. So shout out to my man, Zach, who does all the podcast titles for us. That could probably be a good one. Um, but my next question was going to be like, what's the biggest mistake you're seeing these small businesses make with their branding? And maybe it's just, maybe they're not taking those things or there's probably got to be more to it too. Like maybe oversharing. Yeah. I can give you the technical side. It's sure. like basically like, so what we'll see is like, that's a simple formula, but still people can mess that up. Cause they'll be like, Oh, well, what do we do? Well, here's 13 different things that we do. Let's oh, list them so all on the side it. of the van and let's put them twice on that side of the van. Like for some reason, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Right. But what it, it makes sense to them because they're just thinking through like how I would say the thing, but what they don't step back and say is we just said the same thing 13 times, right? Because to a consumer, when you say all these different things, you're saying the same thing to them. Except for now, I can't read it. Yeah, leave that I got a paragraph. Leave, leave that to the SEO. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Huh? So, good. Um, so you know, that's the big, the biggest thing that we do wrong in general as business owners, any business, I think, especially small businesses, is we we tend to make a mess, and we and that's okay though. But that's the biggest thing is that people make a mess and they leave it. What we need to do is. We're all going to make a mess at times because we're moving. Things are happening like we're, you know, things are going quickly. Yep. So sometimes you're going to make a mess. That's okay. Step back and then have those times where you can evaluate. You have accountabilities in check so people can evaluate and say, you know, we did this thing, the vehicle wrap or um, our website. And now let's step back and say, all right, we've, we've made a cool mess here. Can we clean this up? Does it actually communicate the way we want? What does this look like to uh, say about our team? What does this say to our clients? Who is this going to connect with? Right. And we just, we do this stuff, but we don't reevaluate and say, is this where we wanted to end up? You know? Um, so that's the biggest mistake I think is that people are making too big of a mess and they're not cleaning it up. Um, and so they're saying a bunch of stuff that no one cares about and it's taking away. That's why, that's why the simple, like you said, like simpler wraps, that's the whole point of it is that if I add something, it directly takes away from something else. So if I'm going to add something, it really needs to make sense. Right. Um, and, um, and that's with any communication yep. website. I mean, I'm sure you know about this on the website. Right. And, but it's all that. So, so for me, it's like reevaluating and saying, what can we get rid of? Could, could we get rid of something and say the same thing? Cause if you can, you've said it better. Got it. So, um, less is more. Yeah. So actually I like that. You've, if you're going to add something else, you're going to take away from something else. But cause at the end of the day, what you still have to try and do is, make somebody even want to look at that. That's the wow. Like, mm -hmm. why would they want like, Oh cool. Like the design, like, or the color or the, whatever the mascot or the, whatever it is that makes you say, yeah, that's cool. Simple. Who are you? What you do? You don't put plumbing, drain cleaning, sewer line, like, you know, yeah, it's all plumbing. What are you consumer? Water softeners, like all these things. So a hundred percent. So simplify it. Um, now 
the big thing is like, even when somebody's jazzed up, like you've listened to this podcast and they're like, hell yeah, I'm going in. I wanted to get it done is if you're anything like me, listeners, I thrive on instant gratification and I have very low patience, you know, cause when I want something done in here, I have control of those things and I can get them done faster. Um, but speed is an absolute necessity. Mm-hmm. So what's the average time for like, you, I mean, obviously again, like, can we kind of understand where, you know, the, the, the kick charges and such demand to that the timelines are crazy busy, which is like a, a beautiful Testament to the business that Dana Tanelli runs for you. What's the average cost on this type of stuff? Because if their listeners might be thinking, Oh my gosh, I went to this thing cost 20, $30,000. Like what's the average cost when you kind of work with prolific? And then how long does this process typically take? And by the way, I will give you a piece of advice right now. Be very cautious on the timeline piece of it too, because who, the listeners will hear what you say and they're going to hold you to it. Yeah, I mean, if they yeah, reach out yeah. to you, but what's like, what's typically the cost for you for me to do a re to do the actual brand and the, the wrap design. And then how long does it usually take? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that we have really good turnaround times in this, in this space for, for the type of work that's being done, the complexity of it. Um, literally hundreds and hundreds of hours go into, you know, a single job and it's, it's, quite staggering to see the back end, but, um, a first proof, we're usually getting to a client in four to six weeks. A total project is usually done in somewhere between eight to 16 weeks, depending on the complexity of that uh, project. And we have, and does that include the, you have to wait for feedback from, right. So that's so that eight to 16 week we're factoring in for some like, okay, we're going to wait a few days to get here back and things like that. Um, if somebody has a like urgent thing, we, we see what we can do to accommodate that, right. We have one of your clients that we're going to, be, um, looks like be able to wrap up completely in six weeks. That's yeah. not normal. No, but that's fantastic. Um, but, Thank you. But we're usually getting the first, <laughs> first proof between four to six weeks. And that's really, it's about having enough time for our team to sit with the challenges and work through them. And, yeah. um, but that's all because, you know, like, in, like I said, in 2020, when things started shifting, we made a lot of changes and we looked and I'm like, 80% of our work comes from 20% of, uh, right now, 20% of this type of thing, which mm-hmm. is the branding. So why are we spending all of our time on this other stuff that makes us no money? So we got rid of all kinds of things. And I'm always waking up with a question like, what could I get rid of today? Because yeah. I know that, and the same thing like we talked about with c- communication and the, you know niching, all this, the less we can do, the better we can do those things. Right. And so we just really try to focus on, you know, it's the brand development, the sh- strategy, creating the, the visuals foundation for that brand. That's what we really truly love. And that's what we try is hard to stick with that. And so when somebody says, can you do this other thing that you don't normally do? We really try to say no. <laughs> and that allows us to get to, to, I think some really good uh, lead times on that. Perfect. Stuff, man. So. so like what's some good, like get, give a ballpark on cost too. Cause again, listeners are going to hear one thing and roll with it. So, but give maybe a ballpark on cost just so they have an idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, if you looked up the average uh, small business, rebranding on Google, you just look at that up. You'll see, you know, price range from anywhere from like 50 to a hundred thousand. Um, you know, Damn. these aren't like hundred thousand dollar companies right. that are small businesses. Right? right. But you know, that's for a full rebrand, you know? So I, I think that it's really, uh, worth that for sure. Um, but that said, you know, our prices usually range between 10 to 20,000, depending on the package that somebody's going for. Um, and that's including stuff that a lot of times you, you go with some of those bigger firms that don't serve this space you're not even getting like, yeah. they don't know how to do a truck ride. <laughs> yeah, man. And they don't understand the industry. Like you got yeah. also like, there's a psychological aspect to this whole thing too. So it's, it's a really unique industry because it's not, 
that's why it's like the graphics are so unique because it's not B2B like this kind of cult. It's not full on consumer like like Cheerios and Legos. Like, you know what I mean? It's this really it's a really unique space and that's why there's not many people serving it. And, you know, we were able to have an opportunity to do that. Yeah, dude. When you told me you added like three people and I was like, how the hell did you even find them? Because I was looking for nine Because I know who we are. Yeah. And you, I know you, what you, we are to them. Yeah. <laughs> what make, makes sense. Well, listen, I'm glad that we were able to connect to you and thank you for cranking out some of our people faster. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but again, listeners, now you have pretty much a if lot of things. If you're a client of we'll take care of you. There you go. Sweet. <laughs> I love it. Well, then if that's the case, then I'll tell you what. Uh, why don't we do this impromptu? If our listeners want to take advantage of prolific services, is there some sort of like offer that you could give to them since uh, they're loyal listeners? Like, is there something like that you can offer? If you can't on the fly, it's okay. But if there's something that you want to roll out and we'll just, they say, Hey, ref referred by to the point, you want to give them something? You cool with doing so that? If you, I, I yeah. So uh, how about this? If you uh, contact our team, uh, Travis is, does our sales is my brother. Um, he does a great job. He'll he'll take care of you. So what's his contact info? Uh, so or what's the best contact info so, for them to reach yeah, out to? If you want to just go to our website, getprolific, G-E-T prolific.com is the short link. Um, go to get prolific, click the uh, schedule a call button. If you schedule a, a call and book with us, let them know uh, that you heard the podcast. And if you can give the podcast number, is that a good way to do it? Well, if they heard you on the podcast, they're gonna know since you've only been on the to the point podcast. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> so just say to the point. <laughs> that- Mention the podcast and we'll give you and Travis will set you up with five hundred dollars off of any brand. Sweet, five hundred bucks. Hell yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. So listeners, take advantage of it. No, I appreciate that. I put you on the spot, but thanks for coming through. I don't know that you really had another choice to be quite <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I appreciate it. And thanks for sharing the information. Man. I'm I'm actually um really loving the wow, who, what, and how piece of this that I learned towards the end. And you know, I remember I've gotten to hear you speak and kind of share and, and see some of your before and afters and which are super impressive and like lots of great brands from your pressure washing guys, your carbon glint, your HVAC, your plumbing to your roof, like all the things. So super excited to see how uh, Dream Team plays out in Royal Roofing, like all that stuff too. Obviously, I told you I'm going to feature that uh, Royal Roofing brand at the RoofCon event that I'm speaking at and SRC Summit I'm speaking at and Win the Storm, like all these roofing mm-hmm. conferences. So I'm excited to feature your brand that you create yeah. for her. And she seems super excited about it. But um, listeners, hopefully if anything you've taken away from this, like you need to at least consider if you've had that like gut feeling that maybe something needs to change or maybe somebody's stuff looks better, chase this thing down. It's listen, what you think you're saving, I promise you're losing in, in revenue and sales and marketing, things like that. So it's not that big of an expense, right? So um, reach out to them, get prolific, G-E-T-P-R-O-L-I-F-I-C.com. We'll also post it, you know, um, so you can reach out to them easily. Mention to the Point Podcast. He's going to give you 500 bucks off. Hell yeah. So um, I don't really give discounts at Rhino for things because it's quality. So I would say um, that's pretty cool of you, man, because we've you never, don't, we've never, you don't even never. need to do that. So I kind of put you out there and I apologize. So for just that. to be clear, we have never, never given a, a discounted offer. Did you just do that? Cause I 
but because I put you on the spot on on the air. <laughs> I did it because <laughs> you you guys have awesome people that, that, oh, you've, thanks, that you connected me with, and I I want to work with more of those brands. Well, you have to let me know when people reach out to you. So, listeners, please take advantage of it. Nothing else. At least have a call with them and kind of go through the path and like see if it's something that you need to do. Nothing wrong with that, right? I think it'll be time time well spent. But Ryan, I appreciate you coming on here, man. I, I'm um, I'm I'm grateful for uh, the work that you've done on my customers specifically. I'm grateful for your time today, you coming over. It's always cool when I get to have somebody here, and since you're here locally, worked out perfectly. Yeah. Um, listeners, I think that um, that if you just go to that website and look at the different designs that these guys have done, you'll see what all the fuss is about. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty big deal. So congratulations on building a great business. Congratulations on um, just the success that you're having. And the work that you're putting out, it's phenomenal. I know you're not trying to build award-winning work like for the sake of winning awards, but that's exactly what you're doing. So, and I'm excited to be a partner with it. So, listeners, take advantage. But, man, I appreciate you being on. Thanks, Chris. Okay. I'm going to finish with a review. Are you ready for this? Yeah, ready? Okay. I read this review, and honestly, it actually made me well up a little bit. So, I'm going to read it to the listeners. This is five stars. From HVAC underscore N underscore NYC 93. So my assumption is you either started your business in 93 or you were born in 93. Either way, I appreciate the five stars, my weekly education. I have literally used TTP, to the point, as my weekly education to get better at running my company. I've grown $2 million this year from things that I've learned from this pod. Thanks to <laughs> my boy, in quotes, <laughs> Thanks to my boy, Chris, for everything and all the amazing guests. Um, HVAC and NYC93, please reach out to me and let me know who you are because that is freaking awesome. So thank you so much. I'm glad you're implementing it because that's a big deal. You hear the things, you got to do the things. You don't have to do everything, but you got to do something. No zero days. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, It's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom, and hit write a review. And be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.